are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. I'm your host, Jake Lisko. He's your host, James Rapine. We are, in fact, wearing matching hats if you're watching on YouTube. And if you are watching on YouTube, please do. If you enjoy what we do, click the subscribe button, click the thumbs up, click the bell. We're almost at 3,000 subscribers as we record this on YouTube, James. And I feel like uh, that's pretty good. What's wrong with your hat? I think it's good. I, nothing. Look, Locked On Podcast Network, we love Locked On, obviously. You know, your team every day and the Bengals and Locked On Bengals. And thanks for tuning in. But, man, this is Packer Green. I got to flip this hat around. Ain't no way I'm wearing Packer Green today. Let's flip it around. You know, I've complained about that, too. I'm going to try at some point to reach for another hat and, and have a mid-show hat change because yeah, it's, it's Utah Jazz colors. They just happen to be the same as Packers colors. And I think this makes all five weeks that I've somehow managed to wear the Bengals opponent's colors for at least one episode of a podcast that week. And, you know, they're three and one, so it's working okay. Let's start with some injuries, as they will inform some of the keys to the game. But there's too much here to talk about to just skip over it and jump right into the keys to the game, in my opinion, James, because Trey Waynes added to the injury report Thursday with a hamstring. Uh, You speculated on your website, and I would speculate similarly that this is an injury that he sustained during practice and then could not finish practice. It's also possible, as you point out, that this is some sort of maintenance thing, but you wouldn't normally see that, I think, on a Thursday. I think you'd be more likely to see that on a Wednesday yeah. where we did see uh, a veteran day for Trey Hopkins, although now the injury report only says knee. So Trey Hopkins is the other big one. He didn't pr- practice again on Thursday with that knee injury and Joe Mixon continues to miss practice with the ankle. So there's some pretty significant players there, especially when you look at Chidobe Awuzie that's limited with a groin and T Higgins limited with the shoulder injury. If, if these guys don't make progress and aren't mo- trending toward full and aren't going to play, these are all guys that, you know, on yesterday's show, I was like, yeah, I feel good that the Bengals are getting healthy. They're remarkably healthy. And, now these limited guys aren't taking that step, and I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, the, the Wayne's one's what's really weird and freaky. Um, and if you're watching on YouTube, the column on the right is the Thursday practice. The column on the left is Wednesday. And you can see Trey Wayne's there in bold because there was a status change under the limited participation. And Lou Anarumo talked before Thursday's practice, and he was like, oh, yeah, Trey Wayne's looks great. Played 55, 60 snaps last week. Feels good. His legs are under him. It wasn't talking like Trey, you know, would be a limited participant. Uh, even mentioned that he had an interception during Wednesday's practice. So one thing I noticed, and he did this on Wednesday, but he was working with the bands and working with doing some squats and things like that during the, the special teams portion. He's not a special teamer of practice uh, at the beginning where it's it's open to the media on Thursday, and and so it looked like he was just going through his normal pre-practice routine. And so that's the fear here is that he might have re-aggravated that hamstring and how bad is it? Uh, he would be limited if he you know, tweaked his hamstring and was out for the rest of practice. It would still say limited there. And so we're going to have to wait and see uh, what it says on Friday. I'll probably be able to catch up with Zach Taylor. Our, the writers usually do uh, around noon or 1230 or so, and we'll get more on Wayne's. But 
You know, if he can't go, that's fine in one way, Jake, because at least they're used to not playing with them. And I'm not trying to be mean, but they're used to it. The the thing that worries me is the other Trey. If, if you don't have Trey Hopkins and Zach Taylor downplayed it Wednesday, it's going to be a maintenance veteran day. He went out of his way to say it. But I saw Trey on Thursday. He was doing nothing. Basketball shorts, you know, gym shorts in his jersey, no helmet, no rehab field exercise. So maybe it's just back-to-back maintenance days, which I, I wouldn't blame the Bengals. But if Hopkins can't go, that uh, that's certainly a bit concerning. It would be a bit strange, right? But they also would have, I feel like, listed veteran rest. I think they did. I could have sworn I saw the, the injury report yesterday said veteran rest. Okay. So, so, so I mean, I, I right see that here. here. Yeah. But I, I must have seen something else yesterday, maybe just in my head because Taylor talked about it. But it, it's really the combination of things, right? If they're suddenly missing for the first time this year, Hopkins, Mixon, Awuzie, Higgins, Waynes, maybe even Joby, and that's the worst case, That that is by far the most injured this Bengals team has been. And, and that's one of the things they've been able to hang their hats on. They're among the league leaders and fewest players on the IR. They've generally been very healthy so far. And Green Bay dealing with its own injuries. But when you have Aaron Rodgers coming to town, you don't want to be missing two of your, you know, your two outside starting corners to deal with Devontae Adams. Now, Marcus Valding Scantling, Valdez Scantling, we, we talked to Peter Bukowski yesterday. He's on the IR as well. So mm-hmm. a little bit less speed on the perimeter to worry about from the Packers. But I mean, you're, you're talking Darius Phillips, Eli Apple outside all day long with very, very little depth behind them if the Bengals have injuries to their starting corners again. Yeah. I mean, I think Abugia is going to play. I think T Higgins is going to play. Bates obviously has been in full the past two days. Like T looks normal. Like I'd, okay. I, I, I would be surprised if he doesn't play, put it that way. But I was sort of surprised when he didn't play in Pittsburgh because he was going through things and he was limited. And, and so we'll see, but based on everything that, that the coaches have said, it, it does feel like T Higgins is going to be back. And if Cheeto's back, then I, it's not as bad, you, you know, Larry Ogunjobi, yeah. we'll see it. it I, I get, I think some of these guys, they're playing it safe and keeping them limited. Although they, they deep down think they're going to play on Sunday. And, and that would be the glass half full interpretation. You're obviously there seeing the practice as well. We've talked about with T, it seems like a pain management thing for him. And so, you know, if he can get through this week and he can play great, that makes a big difference to this offense, having him out there taking those snaps instead of Trenton Irwin, who given had a great play instead of Auden Tate, who contributed instead of Mike Thomas, who's also on the injury report. uh, That does make a big difference. And getting Cheeto back, I think, matters, too, because I think he's probably the Bengals top corner right now between him and Trey Waynes. I think if they were going to shadow a receiver, which they did, they had Cheeto mostly shadowing uh, Justin Jefferson in week one. If they wanted to put somebody on Devontae Adams and have him follow him over the field, that's probably Cheeto between the two. So getting Cheeto back would be a big deal if he's healthy. And you hope he's not pushing it too far, too fast to get back. Because with all these, you know, we talk about him in the preseason all the time, with all these soft tissue injuries, you worry about aggravation and maybe that's what we're seeing with Trey Waynes, right? And you wouldn't want to see that happen for a groin strain tweak, whatever you want to call it either with uh, Cheeto. No, that, that, and that's, that is the concern. And I think he, along with Jesse Bates, Bates admitted it to, uh, on Thursday, they were pushing to play. 
Yeah. In the Bengals, they're like, no, 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 we're not. <laughs> we don't want this to become a an IR type injury or or a longer type injury. So you hope that playing it smart there pays off, not just for Bates, because Bates is going to play. The fact yeah. that he talked to the media is the indicator. But you hope that these other guys uh, are able to get out there and, and be close to 100%, because that's the thing. If if Cheeto's 85%, well, I don't I don't know. Is is that much better than a you know than Wayne's at 90%? You know, before this weird mystery hamstring popped back up, um, you, you know, and and so that's that's the tough part is you might not want him shadowing Adams. And either way, I think you got to give you got to bracket him, give him some help over the top, and we can dive into how they're going to slow down this Packers offense, which is scary, uh, even if they are fully healthy. So yeah, these injuries are. Uh, it would be nice not to see so many names on there. That's for sure. And and that's uh, it's a concern going into this weekend. Yeah, it would have just been nice to see somebody trend in the right direction, right? Like from a DNP to a limiter, from a limited to a full, and instead we just see an addition to the limited participants on Thursday, which is not the trend you would like to see. But this is still, I think, a winnable game for the Bengals, despite these injuries, because there's injuries on both sides of the ball. We'll start to talk about some of the keys to the game coming up next. Do you think the Bengals are going to handle business against the Packers at Paul Brown Stadium on Sunday? If so, well, then you need to get on over to Bet Online because the Packers are a field goal favorite on the road against Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Or maybe you just like Joe Burrow's comeback player of the year chances or maybe MVP chances. You can bet on all of those things and so much more in one spot, betonline.ag. It's a one-stop shop for all things NFL, college football, NBA looming, Major League Baseball playoffs, UFC, and more. So head to betonline.ag right now. And when you sign up, you're going to get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code locked on. So make sure you use that promo code, promo code locked on at betonline.ag. Betonline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. I was talking to Peter about this matchup yesterday, James, and Mm -hmm. in some ways there's some similarities on both sides of the field, but I mean, it's got to come down to, to the quarterback play, I think. And for the Bengals, and let's start when the Bengals are on offense, that means as I retweeted Marcus Mosher, fellow locked on podcast host this morning might be time to uh, let Joe cook. A little bit, as the Bengals did in the second half against the Jaguars, especially if Joe Mixon isn't playing. And that retweet was because Joe Burrow on first downs is averaging over 10 yards per attempt, which leads the league by a lot. And the Bengals have generally, as we've discussed, I think, on this podcast, been great on first down, especially when you compare it to their struggles on third down or sorry, on second down, relatively average team on third down compared to the rest of the NFL. But throw early. On early downs, don't run the ball on second and long, you know, the the normal things that we talk about. And where the Bengals should have advantageous matchups is, again, with Tyler Boyd. Because without Jair Alexander, you know, you might think, oh, yeah, Jamar Chase outside, but the Packers might just go too high the whole game. Keep everything in front of them. Try to not let Jamar get single covered because by now, You know, the entire NFL knows the damage that Jamar Chase can do when single covered. PFF has tweeted about it a few times, has like the highest grade and I think has four touchdowns. I think all of his touchdowns came against single coverage where there's no bracket, no help over the top. So, you know, you might see, well, you know, we don't have Jair. We're starting a rookie and we're starting Kevin King coming off a concussion outside if he plays outside. 
or or if both these guys play outside, maybe we'll just keep our safeties over the top the whole game and just be too high the whole game. They don't have Joe Mixon to scare us in the box. So we'll see what we get out of Chris Evans and Samaje Pirine, but we're going to keep the ball in front of us. And, and where did the Bengals punish the Jaguars for taking that approach was with Tyler Boyd on those little option routes. And if he can do that damage again and, and Joe Burrow can stay patient again, that might be a big key to this Bengals offense moving the ball but that means they got to let Joe throw and not lean too hard yeah. into Samaje P. Ryan without Joe Mixon. They have to let Joe throw. Like, th- this is why you drafted Joe Burr, right? To-, to win games like this, you put the ball in his hands. And, and you know how he said it at the end of that, Mike, just put the ball in my hands. Well, it's kind of why he's here, is to to handle business against teams like this. And look, are the, the Packers back-to-back NFC title game appearances, they're on a whole nother level than the Bengals right now. But – the key to this, even with a Mixon, I think would be letting Joe cook. And, you know, you're probably talking 40 plus pass attempts. And the, the good news is, is he is patient enough to take those option routes with Boyd. If he sees Boyd going up against the linebacker, I know he talked with uh, Boomer Esiason. They were looking at tape last year. It was a really cool, like eight minute video. Um, and he was like, if I see a linebacker on Boyd, I'm going there 100% of the time. <laughs> and he just said that, right? And so, yeah, like, however, However, they can move the ball. And the good news is if T does come come back, they have their plethora of offensive weapons in the passing game to do exactly that. And, you know, whether it's Jamar or maybe it is a 15 reception Tyler Boyd game where he just goes off. I, I agree with you, though, on the premise. They have to have to have to put up a bunch of points, a bunch. I mean, I I've said it and I've said it and I've hammered it home and our listeners are tired of hearing it. I don't see a scenario realistically given the injuries, especially now on defense where we haven't seen these guys practice in full. Now we don't know what wanes. I I don't see a scenario where they win this game. If they don't have a three as at least a three as their first number on the scoreboard, if it's a two, I think they lose. So I think they got to get to that 30 plus point mark. I heard uh, the PFF guys, Sam Monson and Steve Palazzolo, previewing this game today and they said it could be you know a 28 30 kind of game so they might agree with you and the idea there is if you're the Bengals and and you've got Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones and mostly just Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams those two guys as unstoppable as it gets in the NFL you're going to need to score points even if the defense has been better this year and it has been by by every measure the defense has been better this year particularly against the run until they played against Jacksonville and they got beat by some misdirection stuff early in that game, as we've discussed, they've been better. The Packers run game hasn't gotten off the ground, but if you're the Bengals on offense, you you need to, you, you can't have a, you can't go, go missing for a half the way that they've done this year. And they have the tools to do it. That's the good news. And the Packers have injuries. Now, there's definitely concern with Trey Hopkins, right? If Trey Hill's starting his first game against Kenny Clark, Kenny Clark has manhandled centers this year. And they've been moving him to three-tech a little bit more, getting him matchups against guards from time to time. But that is where you're attacking if you're the Green Bay Packers and you have Kenny Clark, right? Like, you're not so worried about your tackles, especially with no Zadarius Smith. You have to deal with Preston Smith, but you can deal with one edge rusher. And they have done that. But where you have a guy like Kenny Clark over there, and, and the way he's been beating centers and without the running game to kind of keep the defensive line on its heels a little bit, if Joe Mixon can't play, yeah. that will be a challenge for Trey Hill if he's starting. So we'll see for what sure. happens with Trey Hopkins. It'd be a challenge for Trey Hopkins too, no matter which and, Trey is playing center. 
but that's going to be an important part of the game in terms of pass protecting if they do want to do the empty stuff and and do want to throw the ball more the way that we're talking about yeah i I agree with you and i think they're you're right towards the end there you you got to it (laughs) they're going to attack the center spot whoever's there and i would too because it's not like hopkins has put out a bunch of good tape so I would line Clark up. I would send Clark Adam. I would I would send multiple guys. Whatever you need to do to try to put pressure on Hopkins or Hill for obvious reasons. Now, if I had to, and I may look like a fool in a day or two, or, or a day, honestly, if if Zach rules out Trey Hopkins on Friday, it feels like they're just being cautious and trying to get him the rest that he needs. Because, again, he tore his ACL in January. So I hope that's the case. I hope it really is just rest. And, hey, man, let's take it easy with you. We know you're a veteran. You're a pro. You're going to be good to go. At the same time, it's it's fair to, to be concerned. And I guess the one benefit, if Trey Hill, a sixth-round rookie from Georgia, has to make his first career start at center against the Green Bay Packers, if there's one benefit, at least it's at home. I mean, at least it's not at Lambeau. I'm trying to look at the glass half full approach if it happens. And yeah. that's uh, th- that's the one thing I would say is at least it's at home. It's at a place where it uh, it should be beneficial to the offense and advantageous. It would just be, you know, Trey Hill beside Jackson Carmen. And for all we've praised Jackson Carmen in pass protection and, and you know, the, the awareness he's shown there and, and the the consistency and playing to his pass pro technique that he's shown for the most part. He has had some misses with hand placement for sure. But, uh, you know, the, the mental mistakes or lack thereof could be the veteran presence on either side of him. And you could be removing one of those. So that tandem would certainly be one to watch. And let's talk about one wild card really quick before we go Bengals defense Packers offense. Because, you know, the Packers defense without Jair Alexander doesn't really scare you so much. You feel like the Bengals should be able to do okay against that if if they do let Joe Burrow do Joe Burrow things. And, uh, you know, that mic'd up, you know, this this is bullshit. I'm, I'm taking over, quote, makes you think. He's ready to do that kind of thing. But uh, Chris Evans, potential wild card in this game, right? If it is P. Ryan mm-hmm. and Chris Evans. It sounds like, you know, Callahan said they're, they're going to do some splitting of snaps between those guys. And there's a very clear better pass catcher between the two of them. So if it is Chris Evans on the field and they start to get him worked on or worked in like some angle routes, some some screens to him, let him run with the ball in his hands. And that could be a little bit of a comes out of nowhere factor that could impact the game. For sure. No doubt about it. I, I have no doubt. I think Chris Evans might be. In fact, I'll say that. I, I think he's the best pass catching back on the team. I mean, he's he's good. He's really good. And I get Mixon, but, you know, Evans is just really good there. It's just the pass protection part. We haven't seen it. He hasn't done it really outside of preseason. He hasn't done it in a game. And, you know, you can practice it all day long, but it's different. And that's what Brian Callahan said on Thursday when I asked him about it. But I agree with you. You want to talk about an X factor? Would it shock me if Mixon's out, if Chris Evans has five receptions for – 58 yards and a touchdown like it wouldn't because I think he's that dynamic and who knows maybe the yardage goes up if he has five receptions he's good after the catch he's good downfield we've seen him on those wheel routes and that's something that maybe you try to take advantage of maybe even early in the game while everyone's worried about you know stopping Jamar Chase and 83 Boyd and oh Higgins is back and Uzama was you know put up such huge numbers well maybe you go to Chris Evans early and catch him off guard because 
this offense certainly needs to get off to a better start. Slot fade with uh, on a trip side out of empty to Chris Evans with Jamar Chase on that side of the field outside. Maybe even put Tyler Boyd in the slot beside him on the trip side of the field to really draw attention. And we, we saw that slot fade in the preseason from Brandon Allen. Let's talk Aaron Rodgers and the challenge that he presents this team, especially if they're shorthanded in the secondary coming up next. I do want to talk about that, but first I want to talk about built bars because if you're looking to get in better shape or if you're looking to hit the beach like Jake is right now in Florida, you got to get on the built bar plan. They have nine delicious flavors plus the, uh, the occasional limited time flavor. And it's the best protein bar on the planet. They're covered in 100% chocolate, high in protein, low in sugar, low in calories, perfect for you. So the macros are great. They're covered in chocolate and they taste great. Don't delay anymore. I've been on the Built Bar plan for multiple years now. This one right here, cookie dough chunk. Think about how amazing that sounds. You can get yours at BuiltBar.com. Make sure you use promo code LOCK15 and you're going to get 15% off your first order. Again, use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. James, when we're talking about Aaron Rodgers and the Bengals defense, let's start with the X factor for the Bengals defense. And I think there's two this week. And one of them is a return of Jesse Bates. But mm -hmm. the one that you're probably not thinking about is the potential return of Ricardo Allen. What are your thoughts? Yeah, yeah I mean, that's I, – I actually meant to ask Bates that on Thursday. Like what the three safety I, – I don't – I think he would have probably talked around it. But what the three safety look does, how beneficial is it to have that at your disposal? And I will say one thing Bates said – I think it was Michael, uh, uh, Mike Petraglia was like, hey, what's it like to have Trey Waynes back, which who knows now if he's going to be be back, Chidobe Awujie back, all these guys back in the secondary. And, he, and Bates, one of the first things he said was, oh, don't forget Ricardo Allen. I think he gets overlooked, but he's a veteran and he knows ball. And having him in a big game like this where there's going to be times where they get beat, right? Rodgers is going to have a 50-yard frozen rope to Devontae Adams or a back shoulder throw on third and eighteen that converts and you know, the Bengals think they're getting off the field and they don't like, he just does that. Even if you're playing great, having a guy like Allen around that's been there, done that is, uh, is good to see. So I am curious to see how they mix in those three uh, safety looks against a guy like Aaron Rodgers Cause we we've seen a little bit of it, but, but not nearly as much as we did week one. And, and part of me wonders actually, if they'll be inclined to do so, so much because I think a, a big reason they did that early on was to get Von Bell down into the box and he was essentially playing like an extra linebacker, but they're getting such great play from Akeem Davis Gaither from Jermaine Pratt that, you know, maybe they don't feel like they have to do it as much because it's not like they're going three deep with three safeties over their corners. You know, they're, they're dropping Von Bell down into the box. So they're dropping Jesse Bates into man coverage in the slot over a tight end or something like that. And Robert Tanyan, Everybody remembers Big Bob last year. And if you're in fantasy football, the amount of touchdowns yeah. that he scored last year. But obviously, the, the guy that you're worried about is Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, as you point out. And that's that's where the three safety idea comes from to some degree. And, and that's why you really hope that at least Cheeto is healthy for this game. It, it, at least one of them, right? Like, I, I think Devontae Adams, Trey Waynes is an awful matchup for Trey's skill set. Not to take anything away from Trey Waynes, but... You know, I would rather have Trey with uh, Valdez Scantling, which, you know, he's on IR. But you like Trey to take away speed and to stay over the top of things. And I know he got beat deep on that ridiculous throw from from Trevor Lawrence last week on Thursday. But that's 
what I think he's better at. And so if, if Cheeto's at least available, if they do decide to try to go man a lot, which, you know, we'll see to try to take away or try to deal with Devontae Adams with safety help over the top, then Cheeto's the guy that I would probably ask to do that as we discussed earlier. So that's the, the biggest matchup to me. Because, you know, talking to Peter Bukowski yesterday, really great crossover episode, by the way, if you haven't heard it, it's it's yesterday's episode. Um, you know how I know it was good, James, is people are like, yeah, that Peter guy, that Packers one, that's my favorite crossover of the year so far. Peter's Peter's great. He hosts our national show Locked On today as well. Um, but check that out yesterday. And James, you're trying to get a word in. You know why people loved it? Because I wasn't doing the, the – it was the first crossover I wasn't on. And people are like, hell yeah, get that dancing fool out of here. And uh, Well, you still you know, got to dance, right? I can't see. Oh, I danced. Did you see? I, I oh, did you not. Oh, you have to look if you didn't see. Yeah, I'm going to have to go Oh, look. I danced, baby. Come on now. Yeah. You don't think I – you think I need you to dance? No. I can dance all I mean, alone, I, man. I think it helps. All alone. I Look, I'm right I'm here. on vacation. I'm on vacation. I, I – uh, you know, my, my – at dinner last night, my parents put on the podcast for the, for their friends that came over for for dinner. And I'm like, okay, you guys watch that. I'm not going to listen to myself. And uh, they watched about five. Did the minutes, friends hey, run out the door? Did, did no, their we, friends run out the door? Like, oh my god, we got uh, we got new listeners. So anyway, back to this matchup, right? <laughs> um, Peter said, and the reason this whole segue or or tangent came up is because Peter's like they haven't figured out the run game in green bay yet and there's a chance that their center josh myers apparently the only good center out of ohio state lately um isn't going to be able to play he hasn't practiced with a couple finger injuries this week and if he doesn't play the return of elton jenkins might actually be at center instead of at left tackle where he's standing in for david bakhtiari already so uh peter's been pretty pleased he said with the pass protection in green bay but the run game and aaron jones who's a very talented back hasn't really been able to get it going and so perhaps with your very skilled run defense in particular defensive line that you've got in Cincinnati you're not as worried about the running game and you can dedicate more resources to trying to take away areas of the field for Aaron Rodgers in this passing game yeah that would certainly be part of it and if they could find a way to get pressure with four and slow down the run I mean because the biggest surprise for me let me ask you this uh, because I I've went on two or three different Green Bay radio stations this week and another one on Friday um Biggest surprise for you is at the front seven of the Bengals, like how well they've played, like Logan Wilson. Yeah. Is that the big, yeah. That, Cause that's what it was. That's what it is for me. Like, I'm not surprised that Burrow or Chase or, you know, this offense has shown flashes or that the offensive lines at, at least competent ish so far. It's better, but yeah, it's the front seven. I mean, Logan Wilson looks like an animal, you know, the, the other two linebackers are playing well and that they've been able to find a way to slow down really good running backs and, it's a, a heck of a one-two tandem because of a the change of pace. Most change of pace backs are a little quick, you know, Giovanni Bernard types. Well, their change of pace back is big and heavy and thick with three C's and A.J. Dillon, and he weighs, you know, a, a quarter of a thousand pounds. You know, he's 250-pound running back. Like, that's a, that's a different different animal. Not that they can't slow it down, but that part will be interesting as well to see how they, they do that while also balancing – dealing with number 12 and trying to put pressure and hitting Aaron Rodgers. I think that's a huge key hit, 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 find ways to hit him, obviously legally, but you want to make him feel you early. Cause if he gets into a groove, good luck. Yeah. And that's a great point. The, the early part, like obviously Rodgers actually this year has been pretty bad under pressure. He hasn't coped with it all that well, 
Um, so that that in and of itself is is probably a key to the game. And and the Green Bay Packers have been pretty good in pass protection. So it's it's really a good challenge, I think, even without David Bakhtiari, even if Elton Jenkins isn't 100 percent healthy, even if Josh Myers doesn't play. Getting pressure on a guy like Aaron Rodgers consistently is hard because he's good. He knows what's coming. He knows how to get the ball out quickly when he needs to because, you know, he's been good for, what, 15 years, 20 years? I mean, he's he's just very, very smart. He's good at getting the ball out quickly. He knows what he's looking at. You're not going to trick Aaron Rodgers all that often, right? And so if you can get pressure, that's huge. The, the other point I was going to make is, oh, you talked about early can't do you're losing 14-0 against Aaron Rodgers because if you're losing 14-0 to Aaron Rodgers at halftime you're going to lose like 35 to 28 if you're lucky and you win the second half yeah that's what I'm saying right so um you know we've talked about this point quite a bit They, they need to play a complete game here this is their biggest test of the season and you know Green Bay's head coach Matt LaFleur not uh not taking the Bengals lightly called them a great team in this league right now this week in one of his press conferences. So, you know, he knows Zach Taylor. Well, they go back together and you know, you're, you're getting two, three and one teams here. This isn't like the Bengals are going to sneak up on the Packers. When you've won three out of your first four games, you're going to have opponents attention. And I think the Bengals do. For sure. No, I agree with that. It's a, it's a measuring stick, prove it type game where if the Bengals beat the Packers, there is no, yeah, but this, yeah, but it was week one with the Vikings. Lay an egg against Chicago. Then, oh, well, Big Ben, he's done. Did you see him? He's awful. He's cooked. Week four, yeah, but did you see the dumpster fire that Jacksonville is since you beat him? I mean, they suck. They're awful. They've lost 19 straight. There's no yeah, but if you beat the Packers. It doesn't matter sure, how you beat them. I'm sure there will be, but it'll be ridiculous, and we'll disregard it. Yeah, it's it's not something that I will entertain Yeah, because I can entertain that the Jags suck. Or that Minnesota might not be that great, and it was week one, and the Bengals kind of backpedaled in their way into that win after an ugly second half, really, or ugly last 16, 17 minutes of play overall, um, fourth quarter and most of overtime. Um, so, like, you you can argue against all of their the results, right? And so this is the one, though, at 3-1. and one, If you go and you beat Green Bay, I think national media is going to be like, oh, Maybe the Bengals are for real. And with Detroit looming after that, you get have a really good chance of getting to five and one. And if you're Zach Taylor, you want some job security, you want to try to talk postseason, well, then prove it. Go beat this, this young offensive mind that you're good friends with that has had basically the opposite record of you. You entered with six wins. I believe he has like six or seven losses coming into this year. And Matt LaFleur. And I'm not knocking Zach for that. I'm just saying coming into this year, they were kind of like, you know, third year head coaches on opposite sides of the spectrum. Well, now you got your team and now's your chance to, to flex your muscle a little bit and show, Hey, with my guys, we are that good and we can't compete at a high level. And that's why to me, it's, it is going to come down to the offense and that 30 plus, if you tell me they score 35 on Sunday, I feel good about their chances. If you tell me they score 25, I think that the Packers are gonna gonna sneak out of Paul Brown Stadium with a win. Steps towards consistency on offense. Steps towards identity on offense. These are things I'm looking for this week. And if they can do anything to slow down Aaron Rodgers, who himself has noted things are weird for him in Cincinnati. Every time he goes to Cincinnati, doesn't really go all that well for him. So you hope that that trend continues. The Bengals have 
won all but one game, I think, against the Packers in this series history in Cincinnati, or at least in the last 13 games or so. So uh, there you go. Uh, some things in the Bengals' favor. And before we get out of here, James, you're yeah. 1-0 in the last week in predicting Bengals games. 1-0. And and that's the only number that matters, as they would tell you. This week is the only week that matters, James. What do you think? Oh, see, you had that real nice build up, and it's all positive. And I said the Bengals need to get to 30 plus, and I have them finishing with 27. And some people might like it because I am one in three on the season with my predictions. Give me the Packers 31, the Bengals 27. Look, I can't forget that that first half against Jacksonville and um in in just every week. So do I think they're gonna be able to flip the script and play against a a Super Bowl contender at a high level for 60 minutes. No, I think they're going to show flashes of it. I don't think it's going to be enough. And we're going to be looking at this game like, man, if they had done this or if they had done this or that, then maybe they had won. But those little ifs are the difference between going to the NFC title game back-to-back years and, and not. And the Bengals still need to learn that. So I think it'll be close. I think they'll be competitive. I think it's going to be a fun game where Joe Burrow puts up some points. I just don't think it's going to be enough. Give me the Packers 31-27. I'll say what I've said every week this season. I think this is a winnable game for the Bengals. I'm not saying I, I expect them to win the game like I did against Jacksonville, but Joe Burrow the last two weeks has played fantastic quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is showing some flaws. He's still Aaron Rodgers. He's still great, but he hasn't been last year great. You know, there, there mm-hmm. are some chinks in the armor there. So let the best quarterback win. And how fun would it be if that's Joe Burrow? Because he was partying all offseason and singing Taylor Swift in the middle of the night and, you know, jumping off of, you know, what, jumping over waterfalls and stuff like that. By the way, real quick, is this a woo game? Is this a woo? That's a good question. We'll answer it on Sunday. Until then, Bengals fans, our post-game show will be coming your way after the Bengals host the Packers on Sunday. I'll be back on the west coast of Canada, assuming my travel goes well. Until then, Bengals Bengals fans, hootay, and have a good one.